nourish your soul with your turquoise angel guide, Catherine M. Lau, and her variety of guests on the Celestial Spoon, formerly Spiritual Destination. As an author and speaker about mental illness, Catherine has first-hand experience with mental and physical interactions and how spirituality plays a part in overcoming struggles. She utilizes her skills as a psychic medium and spiritual advisor to guide others to feel invigorated and empowered to go forward in their own struggles. Listen to inspirational conversations relating to sometimes difficult emotional journeys towards self-awareness and spirituality. These journeys brought positive effects toward her guests' mental and physical health and will inspire you to take action and create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. You will get the feeling of knowing these people during these relaxing conversations and want to follow them. Now, here's your host, Catherine M. Laub. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Celestial Spoon, and thank you for taking the time from your busy day to spend with us and learn about my guest. I hope you're enjoying the fall season and all that nature has to offer. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast so that you don't miss any information that is shared by my guests. You can find the link on my website, www thecelestialspoon.com. I am your turquoise angel guide, an award-winning author and speaker, advocate for mental health, psychic and medium, and spiritual guide, along with being a wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. And we are soon to have our 16th grandchild in the next few weeks, so I'm excited about that. I share my journey of healing and accomplishment after a suicide attempt in 2014 to inspire others to make themselves come first and listen to their inner voice. I offer spiritual guidance to help you through your struggles. I also do psychic readings and spiritual guidance for every aspect of your life. Please check it out on my website. We ask our spirit guides, loved ones, and angels to be present during our time together and to guide us through a wonderful conversation and help us share our visions with the world. I am thrilled today to be interviewing Douglas Vermeeren, sorry if I did that wrong, an internationally renowned speaker, leader, mentor, and filmmaker, producer and director of three out of the top ten personal development movies ever filmed, the author of three books in the Guerrilla Marketing series, and a regular featured expert on Fox, CNN, ABC, NBC, CTV, and CBC, and others. Currently, his program, Personal Power Mastery, is rated as number three in the world for the most powerful personal development seminars. Douglas's book, Personal Power Mastery, is the ultimate manual for honing your personal business and financial success proficiencies 
while eradicating your limitations. I am so excited and looking forward to learning more about Douglas and all of his insights. So hi, Douglas. It's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you today. Yes, and you were just sharing that you just came off of a plane? I did, yeah. <laughs> how, how long was your flight? This time it was um, about four hours, so not too bad. Pretty oh, my easy goodness. One. You must be exhausted. Oh, we've had, we've had longer flights. Uh, you know, this one was domestic, so I was just in the United States. But a lot of times when we're over in Europe or South Africa, the flights can be a lot longer. In fact, I just uh, recently had one that, you know, with the layover time and everything else was 23 hours in the air total. So <laughs> this one was an easy one. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's like a, um, a jump from here to there. That's funny. <laughs> okay. That's so, just, just to elaborate on that, was that all for business that you have been doing recently? Because I yes. know that you speak at a lot of events. Yeah, I, I speak at a lot of events, and we also do our seminars for Personal Power Mastery pretty much around the globe. In fact, I think I do, like I'm from Canada, but I think we do more of those in the U.K. than anywhere in the world right now. Hmm, that's very interesting. We'll have to talk yeah. a little more on that as we get going. And this is interesting Very because I was shuffling um, my Archangel Michael card deck as we were talking, and when I first picked it up, I looked at a card and I said, mm, I feel like this is the card, and you know what? After shuffling, the same card showed up. So it was meant to Funny. be. There yes. you go. That's cool. It really is. It's like... You know, God works in mysterious ways, and you can't make this up. So anyway, the name of the card <laughs> is go, for, go Forward Fearlessly. And I know that you're going to share a lot about that with us, but I want to read the prayer on the card. Thank you for walking okay. with me every step of the way, for holding my hand, giving me confidence and courage, and guiding my thoughts and actions in the direction of love, and my true life's purpose. So this is directly for you, although, like I said, I'm, I'm sure we're going to elaborate further. But I feel a lot of, um, like, a, 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 the, the vision of a knight comes to mind with you. Like, you have an old soul, and it's been from many centuries, and you just have something in you that just keeps coming forward as you go from one life to the next. Do you believe in many lives? I think uh, even within this life, we experience many lives. If I look at my history okay. here, even on this planet, and in the last, I'm 46 now, even in the last 10 years, my goodness, there's been multiple, I guess, interpretations of who I am. So, yeah, my goodness, I think I, I, I'm always evolving. <laughs> yes, we all are, and I've learned um, myself too. But I just, I don't know, I feel like you have, I'm hearing the word empire behind you, and Oh, thank you. If you believe it or not, I'm feeling it's from a prior lifetime. And it's bringing all this power behind you, and that's what's given you the strength and the knowledge 
to be able to put together everything that you do and help other people. And Archangel Michael in this card, his wings are very large and filling in the whole card, and they're a golden brown color, and he's holding this bowl that's about six to eight inches, and it's filled with a bright light, and it's you shining your bright light on the world. And I feel that you've done this since you're like two or three years old. Is that true? I think so. Yeah, that would probably be very fair to say. Okay. That you've, you've always known your mission, and you were always able to talk to people easily, and I feel like you did a lot of analyzing through your very, very young years, like up until 10 years old. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah, it could be. Definitely. You may, you may have to ask some relatives and, and, you know, think about it, but I'd like to, um, you know, yeah. have some feedback if you remember anything like that, because that's very interesting to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll have to do some research on that one. <laughs> oh, have I still got you? Have I still got you? Hello? going to try and call back into the line. I think I might have lost you. Are you there? I've just tried to call back in. I guess we got cut off. Are you there? I'm just going to hang tight for a minute in case you call back in. Okay, so we had a little bit of a mishap with our communications, and we're starting up again with the middle of the reading. So what I was saying is the card, Go Forward Fearlessly, was on the top of the deck when I picked up the card, and that when I shuffled, that's the same card that came forward. And I was talking about Douglas having a, a very strong history of his ancestry and knighthood feeling, and that the stars around Archangel Michael's head are representing all of the guardian angels that he has and all of the relatives that are with him that are not only immediate family but many generations that are all watching over him. 
So, Douglas, did you hear any of that stuff when I was talking? I did hear some of it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, like the, the part about the stars and the angels, um, you know, I know that most people have only one, usually two angels with them, but I feel like you have so many and they've been guarding you most of your life. Do you recognize them when you do any meditation or in general? Um, you know what, I, I think I probably do sense that there are those that watch over us quite regularly. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. So, um, besides that, I feel like somebody very close to you has only passed within the past year. Is that true? I can't think of anyone that's passed. Probably about two years ago or three years ago, there, there was one person that passed, but um, we've been very okay. fortunate that we haven't had any any death in the family recently, so that's good. Fingers crossed, let's keep okay. it that way. <laughs> exactly. It may be this person that's been three years, and it just feels like it's newer. But I can't tune mm. in. I'm feeling it may be female. Is that who you're thinking of? Could be. Yeah, could be. Okay. All right. So just know that that person is around you all the time, and... Um, if it was somebody that was kind of close and you, you spoke with Orphan, they're saying that you could reach out and speak to them because they will respond and you will, will recognize when you get the messages. Well, Is that you. somebody that you would normally no, talk no, to? It could, it could be. It could very well be. Okay. So, you know, just keep on watching for the, the signs, the flickering light, and um, I'm, I'm seeing like a, a flash of light, like in your living room or something once in a while, that this person is trying to let you know that they're there. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so pay, pay attention and let me know, because, you know, I, I love to have feedback on what I do share with everybody. So let's talk about your book, Douglas, um, Personal Power Mastery. I love the name because it just makes you think about, oh, I could go really a long distance just with this power. So True. please share how you came about writing this book and how you came about sharing and doing workshops. Well, excellent. Um, so essentially, um, like my background as a young man growing up uh, had nothing to do with personal development. I had no exposure to it at all. So it, it really wasn't on the radar. In fact, my parents were um, very traditional in, in their point of view of things. My father worked in construction. My mother babysat kids in the home. We were not super well off. We were lower middle income. And, um, you know, their idea of getting ahead in life was to really work hard. And so that's what I was doing. And um, I started to get kind of discouraged when I was in college. A lot of the things I was trying were not working for me. I didn't know the direction where I wanted to go. And at that time, I bumped into a book called, uh, called Think and Grow Rich, which probably some of your audience has heard of. And in that book, the author, to write that book, he actually went out and he interviewed more than 400 of the world's top achievers, people like Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, the Rockefellers, the Wright brothers, so many really interesting people. And so as a young man, when I read that book, I decided that's what I wanted to do as well. I thought that that would be 
you know, the quickest way to learn how to be successful and to discover what it is that I should be doing in my calling in my life was to interview these top achievers in our day, the ones that were here today. And so I went out and I started doing that. And by the time I was done, which this was about a decade it took me to do, um, I actually had interviewed more than 400 of the world's top achievers. And I got to everybody from Richard Branson to Oprah Winfrey to Ellen DeGeneres to Donald Trump to Mark Cuban to you name it, and some of the incredible thought leaders that we have today. And the interesting thing is, is even before I completed that full research of a decade, my entire life had changed. In fact, within the first six months of me really going in-depth with this to learn it, my financial status had changed. In fact, I did over $1.6 million in the first six months as a 19-year-old. Um, and my belief in myself, my feelings of self-confidence and self-worth and everything else also escalated with it. And I really attribute that to you know, learning from these masters, if you will. And uh, it, was, it was quite a life experience, and that became the foundation for the book Personal Power Mastery. And we believe that it's not just, uh, you know, like some success books might teach is, you know, that it's just a matter of making a lot of money or, you know, what some people deem as success. But this idea of personal power mastery, it really affects everything in our life. Before we can have more, we need to become more. If we want to expand what we have, we must expand who we are, what, what we become, right? And so that's really the essence of the, the mission behind this book. And that's exactly it, um, you know, because I'm still on that um, <laughs> low, in, low income. Um, my husband supports me, so I'm fortunate that way, but my only income has been disability for the past three or four years. And I'm working on my business, and that's ever-changing, and I just haven't hit it right to make the money, but... In the meantime, I have learned to expand who I am, and I share my own journey on my shows so that people can recognize, yes, well, she's in the place where she is financially, but when you look at all my successes, I do the podcast wonderfully, um, and um, I won a, an award for my book just in June, and I've become... Uh, uh, not well-known, let's not say it that way, but I've become known as your turquoise angel guide and the turquoise lady because that's what I wear all the time is the color. So uh, I know what you're talking about with expanding who we are and I can relate. But I'm also looking forward to learning where I'm dropping the ball and how you can guide me a little bit through all of your um, experiences to pick up the ball and start going forward again. Hmm. It, it's a very interesting uh, question, too. And I, I guess there's, there's a couple of things that, that kind of strike me as important to point out on that journey. What I find is that, number one, even just the title of, of the book, we've chosen that very carefully and selectively, uh, Personal Power Mastery, right? And that really is the foundation of how your success is going to be achieved. Number one, you do need to take it personal. It needs to become something that you're very intimately involved with. And I think a lot of times in our society today, we run into a danger that if something isn't going perfectly, we have a tendency to kind of blame either the circumstances we're in or people around us or situations. And um, that's really the opposite of taking it personally. In fact, what we have found over the years is we've taught this seminar 
And I've had people come in with all kinds of life challenges that they want to change. I've had people who've come in that have been through financial troubles, through marital troubles, through relationship with other family troubles, people who've even been faced with terminal illness and so forth that want to change some things about what's going on in their life. And that idea of personal, we've come up with a little motto, and that's essentially if you own it, you can change it. And so it must become very personal. The second part of that title is power, and that's essentially just understanding that we all have the capacity to act. We have the power within us to act. And I think that that's something that many people don't understand is that they, they become paralyzed in, in what's going on in their life, and because they don't take action, they're acted upon. And I think that that's something that we all need to recognize, that if we're going to be still and do nothing, that the situation around us will actually take more away from us. So being proactive is very important. And the last word in that title is mastery. And that mastery, I think, is too often confused with perfection. It's not at all what mastery means. In fact, mastery, if you really understand what the word is, it's actually much closer to persistence than it is to perfection. When we're persistent in the things that we know we ought to do, we simply get better over time. And again, perfection isn't required for progress. Persistence is. And so it's really important that we understand those three words in, in this idea of personal power and mastery. And I think if you can understand that, to truly understand it, you're actually much further ahead than people who are at a loss for those answers. Mm, definitely. Like I said earlier, that um, it does bring a, a, a different outlook on life when you read those words, and the word power itself is really something that um, when you put it into your vocabulary, you end up having your own power, and that's what I've learned on my journey, that I feel like I have the power, and I just need to apply it correctly. Am I saying it right? Mm. I would say that that's definitely true. In fact, for me, one of the biggest things that I learned is there's really two essentials to creating any kind of a success in your life. Now, we won't talk about the definition of success. I'm going to talk more about the path. This is what I mean by the path. So once you've determined what that destination is, here's the path. You need a correct strategy. In other words, um, you've heard people like Tony Robbins say that you'll never ever see a sunset if you're running the opposite direction. It doesn't matter how fast you run. If you're running away from it, you'll never see it. So that, per, that correct strategy is important, right? We need to be doing the right things. But the other part of that equation that I think is more important is what I call the willingness factor. And I know that some people, when it comes to doing the right thing, they may know what to do, um, but they either do it grudgingly or half-heartedly or they're not committed or they doubt or they fear or they do it with a scarcity mentality. And they're not really giving their all. So those two things are required. I also see people that are very, very willing, but they have zero strategy. In other words, they try so many things and they're always banging their head against the wall. Well, here's an interesting thought. What's the difference between stupidity and tenacity? Stupidity is the guy that bangs his head on the wall to get into the next part of the room. But he continually bangs it in the same spot. And if somebody comes to tell him there's an easier way or there's a door over here or a window there, he doesn't listen. He keeps banging in the same spot. That's stupidity. Tenacity, on the other hand, is someone who's banging his head against the wall, but when you tell him that there's an easier way, he's willing to try it. He's teachable. And I think that that's something that all of us need. So again, just to recap the importance, you need the strategy and you need the willingness. To be quite frank, when it comes to money, that's something I'm very, very good at teaching people about. If someone comes to me and they're willing, I can make them a millionaire. 
But if they come to me and they're not willing, the greatest strategies in the world wouldn't help them anyways, right? Because they've decided right. it's not important, right? So both of those are important, but I would say that willingness is actually more important. You can take someone who's willing and you can do a lot more than someone who's not. Right. So I have the willingness, but I don't have the strategy. That's but like but you know what's the interesting or... thing is, and, and, and strategy is easily fixable, because if you've got the willingness, then you're also willing to learn, like I said, and that's why I use the example of tenacity versus stupidity, right? If you're willing, yep. uh, you know, here's another, another way one of my mentors told it to me. You know, when I was very young, um, you know, I, I had a really cool business idea that I wanted to share, and the mentor that I was approaching was worth uh, quite a bit of money. In fact, uh, a few billion with a B, that's billion with a B, dollars. He was very, very uh, lucrative and, and successful in many of the business things that he had done. And as I was talking to him about this business idea of mine, he showed me what he thought would work, and then I began to sort of, I don't know, share where I thought he was wrong and tell him what I thought was better, and I began to point out what was better. And he just stopped me, and he said, you can be rich or you can be right. And when he said, you can be rich or you can be right, he also pointed out that there's going to be a set of consequences that go with whatever decision I make. He says, if you choose to be right, the good news is, is you are right, and you get to keep exactly what you've created up until now. Everything will stay the same. You know, the same that says, if you always do what you've always done, you're going to always get what you've always got, right? So if you're right, you get to keep it. Congratulations. But if you choose to be rich, that also means to be teachable. And I'm not just talking about rich in terms of money. I'm talking about every aspect of your life. If you'd like to have more abundance and more wealth than you currently have, you have to be teachable to be able to do more than you're currently doing. And that's kind of, again, what I said at the beginning is that if we want to expand what we have, we need to be willing to expand who we are. And the problem with most people is, again, they're very content where they are. You know, their, their standards are set at a very certain level, and that's why their expectations aren't really high. And that's why everything that they achieve in their life tends to be a predictable and repeatable pattern. They reach a certain level of success, and that's where they stay because they're never really willing to embrace this idea that they might not be entirely right, <laughs> right? There, there might be more yep. to what they're thinking. Right, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, Absolutely. I, say, um, I guess for the past three years, I've been going to a lot of networking events, and the things that I've learned in these three years, it's like, wow, if I didn't attend these events, I would have never learned anything because I'd be stuck at home and just watching TV. True, true. And I, I honestly believe that's a very important part of learning and experience is to actually get out and be part of a community. But here's another thought, too, that, uh, again, came from one of my mentors that when I heard it, it just floored me. Um, I think a lot of us also attend the wrong events. And what he said to me was this. He says, you'll never do a million-dollar deal at a $10 breakfast. Now, again, I'm not just speaking about money here. I want, to, I want us to expand and broaden our thinking beyond that. What he meant is that we'll never do big, big opportunities with small thinkers, right? And so right. if we want to get on a bigger playing field, if we want to expand who we are as individuals, if we want to expand maybe our business enterprise, whether we're healers or whether we're, uh, you know, you name the occupation, right? Whatever it is that you're doing, if you want to grow it or expand it, if you want to have better relationships in your life, if you want to have a higher level of spirituality, if you want to have, you know, whatever it is you want, a higher level of understanding, you need to start surrounding yourself with a higher level of individuals, and we can't be satisfied or complacent to spend time among those who are satisfied or complacent. It's kind of funny. Um, 
it reminds me of something I was thinking the other day. I had one of my students tell me that, yeah, they watch a lot of TV, and I'm not a big TV watcher. I don't find I get a lot out of TV. And he says, well, I watch shows like this and that and the other because I learn a lot. Well, the thought came into my mind is, who have you got more in common with? Let's uh, talk about a show like Dancing with the Stars, for example. You watch Dancing with the Stars. Do you have more in common with the people that are dancing, or do you have more in common with the other people that are watching the show? <laughs> I think it's the people watching the show. <laughs> because the skills that are at that level are only attained by doing, not by watching. And so you've just got to really understand that sometimes people, how should we say, take the easy way out. They look for the lazy door rather than the one that's going to be a lot of hard work and commitment. And it's not always easy to get out there and follow and pursue your dreams. In fact, one of the success interviews that I did was with the actor Edward James Olmos. And some of you may know him as Commander Adama in Battlestar Galactica. He was also on Miami Vice. He was on Blade Runner and a handful of other TV shows and movies throughout the years. He's just an amazing individual, award-winning actor. And I asked him, what's your definition of success? And he said, some people think success is doing something that's hard. He said, that's not it. He said, success is doing something that you love and then doing it even when it is hard. And I think that that's a really big distinction between those that are successful and those that aren't. Even when we choose something that we love and we know we're good at and it's within our brilliance zone, we oftentimes don't do it when it gets tough. Or on a day-to-day basis, we choose the routine activities that are often the easiest for us to perform, not the ones that will be the most productive. Sometimes productivity hurts, and it's a sacrifice, right? We need to stretch for it. So we need to be willing to do that if we're going to be successful. And that often requires a long-term view rather than an indulgence and immediate gratification. Which, yes, I understand that fully. I wanted to ask you about um, the five pillars that motivate individuals. Is that what you already told us, the strategies? Yeah, well, there's actually... I guess there's two ways to answer that question because I've discovered that there's five ways that our brain learns and processes information, and that's probably a discussion for another time because it's quite lengthy. But let me maybe talk about what I call the five pillars of success, which I think is probably more useful for your audience. Now, um, just to go back, again, the five ways our brain learns is the way that information comes into our mind and we sort what's going to be the most powerful for us. But the five pillars of success, what I've noticed over – Again, um, you know, a decade of interviewing more than 400 of the world's top achievers, I found some very common things. And now over the last two decades teaching this, and right now our seminar, Personal Power Mastery, is rated number three in the world. In fact, very uh, close behind Tony Robbins' uh, Unleash the Power Within, which is also a very brilliant event, which I highly recommend. But with us at uh, at number three, I'm sorry? Go ahead. I say congratulations Uh, on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But having seen thousands of people through our doors and having had thousands of students throughout the year, years, I've noticed that there's actually five key areas that everyone sets their goals in. And the interesting thing is, is each of those five areas is, in fact, coordinated, like they're connected. Okay. We had another glitch with the communication. Sorry about that. Um, Douglas, you were explaining the five ways our brain learns. So can you please continue with that? Yeah, so um, like I said, what I wanted to do is I wanted to shift from the five brains our ways learned 
to again what I consider to be the five pillars of success. Now, like I said, we've uh, we noticed this to be a consistent common thing among the 400 of the top achievers that we interviewed, but it was also a very consistent thing among the seminar attendees that we've had over the years. And there's been thousands through our doors, so we've seen this again and again and again, and it's been very consistent. I guess the best way to frame this is every one of us has goals and dreams and aspirations that we want to fulfill. And when we've asked people about their goals, they generally fit into one of five categories. Now, it's important to know these categories, and it's also important to understand the order in which I'm going to share them. So if you've got a notepad and a pen, I'd encourage you to write these down. And I'm going to explain this in a minute. Now, let me just share another way that you want to write this down instead of just simply writing them down one on top of the other in a list form. Maybe make a five-pointed star on your page right now, you know, just like the twinkle, twinkle, little star kind of star. I'm going to start at the top. The first pillar of success I'm going to mention is what we call self, the category of self. And that can include such things as self-worth, self-confidence, self-fulfillment, uh, many of these kinds of things. That's actually one of the primary goals that a lot of people set. They want to have greater confidence. They want to have the ability to be fearless, to be bold, to stand with brilliance for the things that they're passionate and powerful about, the things that they really dial into. I call it your inner brilliance, but let's write self there at the top. The second category or the second point on your star would be spirituality. Spirituality isn't just a matter of religion, although it can include that. It also includes even ethically how we operate according to what we believe and what we value. Some of the goals I've seen people there can include spiritual things such as drawing closer to the creator, maybe meditating or praying more often, reading books that are uplifting and spiritually edifying to them, like either their holy books or other inspirational books. And naturally, that can also include how their actions play out day to day in the real world in, con in conjunction or in comparison to how they really believe or value. Sometimes people don't feel like they're always in harmony with the things that they're doing or saying. And so that can sometimes become a goal. The third one is what we call health. Now, obviously, it manifests itself for a lot of people in terms of let's lose weight, let's quit smoking, let's start eating better, let's start working out. Those are all manifestations of health, but there are also other uh, indicators that can be there that if we had more time, we'd get into a little bit more detail with that. But I'm going to leave it at, at those obvious ones for now. Okay. The next one is what we call the category of relationships. Now, relationships, I want to clarify, don't always exclusively deal with a husband and wife or maybe uh, siblings or maybe your own children. In fact, relationships can include everything, every kind of relationship that you have from those at your workplace, to those in your community, to those in your country, to those even with the rest of the world. Relationships is a really important one, as you can imagine, because we're social creatures. Oftentimes, if there's challenges in the relationship, a lot of the other ones can go out of whack. We've seen that where someone's, for example, been in a bad relationship that their health has suffered or even their self-worth has tumbled or even their connection to spirituality has fallen apart. The last one is what we call abundance. Now, obviously, the first thing most people think about when they talk about abundance is money, although this category is broader than money. Money will manifest itself in this category, but it also includes things like our time, our opportunities, our freedom, the way that abundance flows in and also out of our lives. One of the things that's kind of interesting about this one, and especially when I'm talking with healers about this, a lot of people have a lot of resistance to money. They think that they're there to be of value and they're there to give service and their definition of success is to be giving all the time. Well, the truth of the matter is, is life is about a fair exchange of value and it's about balance. 
for those of you who are listening, perhaps you've read the book The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles that most people consider was the basis for the movie The Secret. The book was written in 1910, but Wallace D. Waddles said something amazing there. He said, whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains a person's not truly successful until they are rich. Now, I want to share that I believe that that's true. So if you're out there as a healer and as a helper, there's an old saying that says a lifeguard can't save others till they know how to swim. That means that you owe it to yourself to become successful and also abundant before you claim to others that you are a healer or a giver. If you look at all of the holy books throughout time, every one of the healers that was there had a very, very strong sense of abundance mentality. So that's also a very good indicator of how much value you're giving back to the, to the earth. And if you're really truly a healer giving value, abundance will find you. So here's the interesting thing. Now you've got the star that's there. Remember I said that these things need to be achieved in a certain sequential value or order? Well, if we look at it, you certainly cannot receive spiritual power until you have personal power. In other words, we start with self to get to spiritual. In fact, in the Bible it says, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's a great example to demonstrate that you actually cannot love your neighbor until you love yourself. The next level up after spirituality, remember, is health. Until we have a strong anchor for self and spirituality, our health really obviously isn't that important to us. We don't take care of ourselves if we don't see the purpose behind it. The next level up is what we call, again, relationships. If we don't take care of ourselves or spirituality and even our own health, how are we to take care of those around us, right? You'll notice that the circle is now expanding beyond us, right? And the last one is yep. abundance. The interesting thing that I learned in interviewing the 400 top achievers is how attached to relationships abundance really is. In fact, if you think about it, there's no one here that can create abundance independent of others. For example, you're not printing money in your basement. You're not creating value by yourself. It always requires a transaction with another individual. And that means if you want to have more money, want to have more freedom, want to have more opportunity, want to have whatever it is, it's going to require that you learn how to synergistically work with other people. Now, here's where the problem comes. Most people, if you think of the center of the star being you, most people don't go around starting at point one to get to point five. They actually reach out simply to the one they want. And we've seen that. People who, for example, in a relationship, let's say that's what they want, from the very center, they just reach the relationship. They don't worry about who they're becoming authentically. They don't worry about the spiritual part of it. They don't worry about any of the parts except for the relationship. Let me put that into an easier-to-understand context. Sometimes people will reach for a relationship. Someone wonderful in their life comes, and so they pretend to be something they're not to win the approval of that person. Well, that may work for a little while. In fact, I've even had people who've come to Personal Power Mastery that have met gotten married, lived with each other for a good five or ten years, then realized that they weren't being authentic to themselves, and they've fallen out of love because they've been playing a game, someone that they're not, right? So we, we right. need to go around that circle in an appropriate way. We've also seen people who've reached out for abundance, for example, and they've not, again, built the character or the integrity at the beginning with self or spirituality or what have you. And they, of course, have now created an empire that falls. <laughs> they've created a... Right. a, a false sense of abundance. And, you know, in extreme cases, you've got people like Bernie, Bernie Madoff who wound up in jail because of it, right? So it's important yeah. that we recognize that all of our success comes in a sequential order, right? We need to follow that order. And when we understand that and build it correctly with, like I said, the correct strategies and correct principles, because there's a correct way to build self-esteem and self-worth. There's a correct way to build spirituality. There's a correct way to build health. 
There's a correct way to build relationships and abundance. These are all laws that we need to abide by. If we learn what the laws are, we can then implement those strategies to receive the benefits and the rewards. And that's what I learned in my direct relationship with, again, the interviews of more than 400 of the world's top achievers. Many people profess they want these things, but again, without the laws, they've only got the willingness. So they can't really create it. And that's why we see so many people fail. Wow. That is powerful, as you said. Where you know, I keep saying, power gives me a certain feeling, and I understand what you're saying. That um, I feel that I've gotten like three quarters of the way there, and mm-hmm. I've worked on myself because um, you know I, I make sure almost every interview that I have to share that. Although I came from a really bad place with my suicide attempt, I've accomplished so much because I have worked on myself and I integrated my spirituality and the self-help part of it and inspiration, which also in turn helped my own health get better. So the relationships I have um, with my family have gotten better because my mental state has been totally different. So now my kids understand me a little bit better. And my relationships with the people that when I go out networking, they've all become my friends. So I feel like I've I've pretty well gotten around that store. And um, I'm feeling good about it. So thank you for sharing that star, because <laughs> I feel like I'm becoming a star. That's excellent. And, you know, this is one of the things, I guess, too, that we see a lot of, is that a, a lot of times people, you know, they they hear this idea that a lot of the gurus teach, and that's to get out of your comfort zone. And I think that uh-huh. that's incorrect. I think it's very incorrect. Um, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of things in real life that I'm not comfortable with. For example, I don't do my own dental work. (laughs) That's far out of my comfort zone, right? There's certain things that we shouldn't be doing. Um, I like the idea instead of getting into our brilliance zone and then getting uncomfortable within that zone. So in other words, we we recognize where our own passion and our own purpose is, and then we get uncomfortable there. But this also raises another question when it comes to passion and purpose. And I hear a lot of people who struggle to find that. And I think the reason why they struggle to find it, if we go back to the star, is because the star is a guide as well for what our passion and purpose ought to be. And if you think about it, most people, when they're looking for their passion and purpose, the reason they fail is they're looking at it for themselves. So from a central point of view, just for their self. They don't understand, again, that our joy and satisfaction in life often, often comes through our connection and our relationship to others, right? Uh-huh. That's one of the yep. points of the star, relationships. And if you yep. think about it, everything significant in your life, and especially with mothers, this is true, they're often more giving to others than they, like they're self-sacrificing oftentimes. And unfortunately, um, most people, when they're searching for passion and purpose, they forget that part of being attached to other people. So if you want to know what the key to your success is or one of the things that you should be doing, it's not just a matter of finding what you love. Let me put it this way. Warren Buffett said, what you love about you is your hobby. What others love about you is your business. And so that's an interesting insight. So if you really want to find your true passion and purpose, the one that will make you happy, you've got to find how it overlaps with the passions and purposes of others. In other words, 
how, how does what you love actually connect to what other people love? Now, I'm not suggesting that you've got to go out there and try and please everyone. That's the key to failure. But you need to find others who will appreciate and be on the same path as you. What do we say? If they get your vibe, they'll become your tribe. And when you can find people that feel and have the same values and beliefs and honor system as you do, people that you know, respect the service that you provide and what you do, you'll find that those are the people that you want to resonate with and spend time with. Those are the people that will compensate you for your efforts. Those are the people that will lift you higher in what you do. And if you're looking for success in business, those are exactly the people that will pay you. And I think that this is the problem when people say, I'm going to start a business and it, it's got to be something I love. Well, okay, but I think the better answer is it's got to be something we love, meaning you and your clients. And if you can find people to serve that get who you are and get where you're going, you're going to find it's a lot easier than trying to do it by yourself, right? Like how many people are out there that are literally trying to hard sell their way to success and try and convince people to do business with them and like them? That's not the way life should be. It's got to be smooth and easy. And, you know, when you have found an audience or a group that resonates with what you really are doing, you'll find it won't be a very difficult sales job at all because they get it. They understand it. Right? And that's pretty much what I had said earlier about my business um, reshaping itself constantly because when I started out, I was doing angel communication. Nobody knew what that mm. was. And then it shifted to being a psychic and now a medium. But in all of that whole mission that I thought was my goal, I had the dark night of the soul. And that was what God was preparing me for was to get really under the barrel to be able to share with other people that, look, I've been there, but look at where I am now. And I learned in all that that that's my mission is to let people know that there's a support system out there for them and that when you put your mind to it, you can accomplish exactly what you're saying. You can achieve the power. But if you follow the right steps, and work it exactly like Douglas is saying because um, I feel that my message is very strong, that just because I was there doesn't mean that you have to get there. And that's a strong message. So I know it's coming for me, but I haven't found the right people, as you just finished explaining. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely Uh true. Yep. But I always say, timing's everything, and when it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. And I just, you know, one day at a time. Yeah, yeah. Definitely true. Yeah, so I love the way that you explain that, and uh, I'm going to make myself a note that when I put this on my um, website, I'm going to make a little drawing of the star so that it can make it easier for everybody to refer to when they start listening to our conversation. So we we spoke about the five pillars, and uh, we've been on and off the phone. Sorry about that. What no is um, some more important messages that you want to get out there through your trainings? Well, I think probably the most important message that uh, – I think is often overlooked 
uh, is really like when, when we're teaching personal power mastery, we've already talked about what the title means, but what we've identified under that idea of power, right, the capacity to take action, is there's, there's really 17 key principles that we all need to learn how to, to master, if you will, a power that we need to dial into in order to be highly successful. And the first power is what we call the power of choice. And I just want to kind of share a bit of a context on this because I think it would be valuable for your listeners to hear this. Um, when I was doing my research of the top achievers throughout the world, I didn't just stop with successful people. In fact, I, I still even today am interviewing top achievers or interesting people wherever I can find them. And one of the categories of interesting people that I wanted to study really was around the idea of change. So who could facilitate change quickly in our society? Who are the people doing it? And naturally, there's a lot of thought leaders and, and people like this, seminar leaders, and that, that are, are claiming to be you know, change facilitators. And many of them are quite good at it. I, I have to be honest. Many of them are very good. But I, I wanted to stay away from the typical kind of personal development field. So I, I tried to look at who in our society who is who is also really dialed into this idea of change and needs, and needs to help people change quickly. Now, interestingly, one category that I came up with that I thought was uh, often neglected but really was very interesting to study was suicide hotline workers. And I studied um, you know, people that actually trained them. Now, if you think about it, out of all the places where people need to make a change quick, that is definitely one. And as you can imagine, there's people that are calling in on those lines in fact, as I was chatting with one of the ladies who is in charge of training these people, she said, it's not uncommon for us to have someone call and they've got a gun in their hand as they're talking to us on the phone. Or maybe they've already taken some pills. Or perhaps they've got a really detailed plan on how they're going to hurt themselves. She says, so we need to help them make and facilitate change immediately. It needs to be instant. We don't have time for debate or discussion. We need to help someone now. I thought, this is amazing. Right. So I'm listening. Tell me how you will do this, Right. And she said, well, you know, out of all the things that we can say to them, there's one thing that we cannot say. I was like, okay, you've got my attention. What's that? Because we cannot tell them, don't kill yourself. And I was like, what? Like, to me, that's the first thing I would tell them, right? I would say, don't kill right. yourself, right? That's just my gut instinct. And she says, no, 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 we can't tell them that. And I said, well, why is that? She says, well, the reason why people call in and they're already feeling distressed and in you know, turmoil and, and of a distraught nature. It's that they feel like they don't have any more choices. They feel like they have no choice at all, that they're cornered and the only way out is to take their life. She said, if we tell them don't take their life, well, we're not being any more helpful than where they're already at. They, they're not getting any choice. They, the reason they feel powerless is because they don't have any choices. And by us telling them what to do, that's also taking away choice. So she said, what our strategy is, is to first, help them gain the power of choice back. And when they gain the power of choice back, all other power will flow from that. So she said, what we do is we tell them, we agree. We say, it's true. You could take your life. That's one choice that you have. But we also help them see the consequence. So that's something you could do, but that's, this is what it would look like. And then we say, but you have another choice. You could also stay here. And this is what this would look like. You also have another choice. You could call and get help, and that's what you're doing right now, and that's what this looks like. And we help them see more and more choices. And she was telling me that the more choices we help them see and discover, the more power comes back to them. Now, what's interesting is we've taken this back, and we've conducted experiments at our seminar, 
And we've had people come through the door who've been in like foreclosure, bankruptcy, personal and business. We've had people who have come in going through divorces. We've had people come in who've just lost loved ones and, you know, terrible accidents or other situations. We've had people who have come in that have been terminally ill. And what's so interesting is that every time they're given this power of choice or they can see choice come back into their life, their power expands. Now, I'm not saying they, they have to take every choice that comes their way, but the fact that they know they have those choices and that ability to select gives them power back. So for me, that's one of the most powerful, fundamental principles that we teach in personal power mastery. And I don't hear that in a lot of other seminars, right? Right. That's amazing because I, you know, I would think um, when you say don't kill yourself, it, it kind of like when you tell a kid, well, no, don't go out that door. Don't go out with your friends or something. They're going to do it anyway, you know. But that makes a lot of sense. And in my situation, my husband actually held me down for an hour after taking pills because I wanted to take more and I wanted to grab the knife or whatever I could. And, and he kept saying, but you know it's not right. And you believe in God and everything like that. But I think if he would have turned it around and said things like you said, I don't think I would have gotten as far as I did. I, you know, because I was handcuffed and taken in a police car. That's how far gone I was. And it's yeah. scary, but, um, you know, my husband had the sense enough to call 911. But um, to look at it on the other perspective of giving the choice, it's like, wow. Once the police arrived and they did give me the choice and they said, well, you can continue going where you're going right now and, you know, and we could leave and, and, you know, take chances or we could take you to the hospital where you could get better. And I already was hospitalized twice before, but only for thought. Mm -hmm. So by having that choice and knowing that I can get better, that made it, that made me calm down. And I was able to think a little clearer. So, um, yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense in that whole aspect. So now when you're doing the workshops, what kind of choices do you offer people? Well, I, I, I guess the, <laughs> it, it, it's not really choices that we would offer, right? Um, because the choices that are going to be most powerful to you are the ones that come from within you. And so I think rather than offer choices, it's that we ask better questions. We help them discover their own choices through the questions we ask. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's one exercise that we do, and I don't want to get into a ton of detail to give yeah. away sort of the punchline of it, but um, there's one exercise that we do that you have to come up with, a, with a, a number of, you know, almost 200 choices for one specific problem. And technically, I know maybe we sound like tyrants, but we don't let anybody leave the room until they show us their list of 200. Now, <laughs> I kind of want to wow. give this away because this is a powerful part of the exercise too. And this is something that most people don't think of. Like when I said 200 choices, you said, wow, which is the typical reaction we get. And the reason why is because most people think, wow, that's too many. Like how am I supposed to come up with 200 choices around one subject? Well, do you know right. one of the things that happens during that exercise? Well, people all no. of a sudden recognize that that they can use other people to help them come up with choices. 
So in other words, very soon what we do is see individuals who try to solve the problem by themselves suddenly start to group themselves with other individuals in the room, and soon you have a mastermind of about a dozen people working together to come up with a list of 200 choices. And that's okay. It's allowed. You see, it's only in our public school system that we've been told that we're not allowed to get our friends to help us with the test. <laughs> in real life, you can get your friends to help you with the test. And that's one of the big aha moments that I think everyone needs to discover is that in life, we don't have to do things by ourselves. In fact, if you look at every major accomplishment in the history of humankind, whether it's climbing Mount Everest or walking on the moon or even building Disneyland, it was never done by one man. Everything was done by a group of people. You know, when Neil Armstrong walked in the moon, he had, he had people back in Houston who had built the rockets and were guiding him from, you know, mission control. When Sir Edmund Hillary climbed Mount Everest, he had other people carrying materials up to the top of the mountain and Sherpas and guides and people who had showed him the geography and the best sides of the mountain to climb. You know, when Walt Disney built Disneyland, he had architects that were there designing it and people even for his films that were doing the art and the design. He didn't have to do it all, but he got the credit, right? So we need to understand that for all the things that need to be achieved in our life, um, there's a bit of a, a mystery that most people don't get. Is they think that because your name's on the package, it has to be you that does everything. The truth of the matter is, is that that's not true, right? Even if we looked at any famous musician and artist, uh, you know, I'll just pull one out of my head. I like Elvis, so let's just say Elvis. You know, even if you listen yep. to one of Elvis's records, he's not the only guy performing on that record, <laughs> right? right? You've got all the musicians right. that are there and everyone else who went into putting it together. So we've got to be very careful that we don't fall into the trap to think that we are, we are 100% accountable for our own success. We're not, and we can get help. We can have lots of people help us. In fact, I think we're better to get people far smarter than us to help us and just take the credit. So where you can do that, it's going to help you succeed a lot faster than otherwise. That's amazing because I would not have thought that having somebody else help me and I guess different things that are in my mind right now, that um, it would be allowed. I, I don't know what term to use. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I think it, it comes from our, our school training, right? It's how we were trained as kids. Okay. It, yeah. it just, I think we, we were never allowed to do a test as a group, right? Right, right. I just like to be authentic, and um, I guess you just gave me an aha moment that I don't have to be authentic alone. Yeah, and you know Thank what? You. Here's the thing, too. Just even that word authenticity, um, just because you get someone else to help you doesn't mean you've got to accept all their answers. And that's where your authenticity will come. Like, for example, if you look at someone like Steven Spielberg, who's been making some amazing movies almost since day one, he's been the leader of each of those movies, but they have been completed right. by committee. Like, it's been a group that's put it together. And as long as you're the leader and you're clear with your vision, then you can articulate that vision to other people. One of the big problems <laughs> I think a lot of people have is they don't have a clear enough vision for what they want and they can't communicate it to others, so therefore others cannot let's call it buy-in to your mission. They can't help you because they don't know what you need. But if you know what you need and you know who you are authentically, you can get a, you know, a project completed and it will still have your personality and authenticity attached to it. But that comes from clarity, right? Yes. Like I'm, I'm stuck by trying to create programs and um, courses 
it's it's like what is going on here? Um, I can't imagine what to say on my own. With All right. Sorry about that. Whatever's going on, um, I don't know what our message is that we keep getting disconnected, but we're going to try to close, close this out fast enough. And um, thank you, Douglas, for being patient with the system. Oh, no, I understand. Technology sometimes has its bugs. And naturally, I'm happy yeah. to come back, you know, in the future, and we can, we can do this again another time. We've been having lots of fun. I was going to invite you back again because I am having a lot of fun with you, and I know we did not cover half of the information you wanted to share. Oh, as long as uh, we've been of value to the audience, and uh, we'll yes. try and do the same thing when we, we visit again. Yes, yes, you have been a great value. Thank you very much. Um, and anything that you want me to share when I go to post this online, please email it to me, and then we'll plan a, a day you know, in the near future again. Is there anything Wonderful. that you wanted to share, anything else that you well, wanted to share before we close out? I think probably um, the best is, is if you've enjoyed what we've had to say, um, we have a lot of free resources that we share online, especially on a group on Facebook. And um, you can find that at personalpowermastery.com. And uh, another website that we share a lot on is called Zoomlinker. It's a brand new uh, social media platform, and we've got all kinds of videos and articles and other free training that's available on that resource as well. You just type in Personal Power Mastery, and you'll find us. So hopefully we get a chance to visit with you there. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. And you also have a, a newsletter that people can subscribe to, right? Correct, yeah. They could definitely do that off of our website, personalpowermastery.co. And obviously, like I said before, if you get our vibe, if you like us, become our tribe. If you get our vibe, become our tribe. And there's lots of great opportunities to connect with us or even come and join us at a live event. Love it. Yes, I am going to sign up when we hang up because um, I did see that um, it's going to bring me great value, and I highly recommend to everybody else. So thank you again. Thank you for your patience with this technology. We'll figure out what the message is later on. <laughs> but um, I really so did enjoy it with you. Go ahead. Well, I look forward to connecting again. Thank you again. Yes, yes. So everyone listening, thank you so much for your time and listening to everything Douglas had to share. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any important information that was shared by my guests. You can find the link on my website, www.thecelestialspoon.com, and that's T-H-E-C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L-S-P-O-O-N.com. You can download a free report on overcoming stress, if you would like me to speak at your event, please contact me at Catherine at CatherineMLab.com. And if you're interested in a psychic reading or coaching with me, you can find information on my website. We can talk on the phone, through Skype, email, or if you're local or central Suffolk County, New York, in person. And again, you can find Douglas and all of his information at personalpowermastery.com. 
That's P-E-R-S-O-N-A-L-T-O-W-E-R-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com and also at the Zoom link up. This is Captain Lau. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Thank you for listening to our conversation. And you take action to create a healthier and happier personal environment for yourself and those you interact with. If you like this episode of The Celestial Spoon, please listen again next time to learn more about how spirituality has guided others to advance their lives. We wish you the best on your personal journey.